Hello and welcome to Running Inside Out Podcast, where we talk about the races we ran in, the races we're not in, and getting outside to see what's going on inside the Rochester running scene. In this episode, Jonathan Griffiths squeezes us into his busy schedule to discuss his recent Marine Corps marathon, how he finds time to run between being a full-time Rochester firefighter and a store owner, and just how he sees the Rochester running community growing and coming together in the next year. In addition to our regular steadfast support from our Patreon supporters, this episode is also being sponsored by Athletic Brewing Company, Craft N.A. Beers Without Compromise. I'll tell you more about them later. Uh, but right now we're going to talk to John because he's almost out of time and we got to get to the good stuff real quick. With that, let's get into the trails, training, food, friends, and yes, even feelings of runners just like you. All right, bud. Here it is. You've got that down. It's like you've done it before. <laughs> it's like 90, 90 previous times, not to mention all the ones that got scrubbed. I'm so, impressed. It's definitely different being on this side, but it's <laughs> it's a unique perspective, so I appreciate it. So um, I got to ask you, what the hell took you so long? I've avoided this uh, as well as I could, I guess. I... I guess what I feel like is everybody that you listen to on this podcast has done something, you know, really amazing, or they've they've accomplished great athletic athletic feats, and I've really probably done none of that. So that's why I've always avoided this. I just don't know if it's necessarily the place for me yet, but uh, maybe in a few years, if I actually <laughs> really buckle down and and uh, do something pretty cool, I would love to be invited back as like a real guest. So that's like my goal. If, like if you pull a baby from a burning building right after finishing a marathon, something like that. I mean, then I guess you could <laughs> we could figure out something that, uh, uh, yeah, that might be a little more appropriate. But for right now, I'm just kind of that. I guess we have to fill a uh, week. All right. Yeah. <laughs> for lack of a better guess, we need I, to give our Patreon supporters something. I bring you Jonathan Griffiths, the bottom Thanks. of the barrel. Yes. Yeah. So here's the deal. Um, You are a full-time firefighter, right? Correct. That's your day job, your night job, job. your job. Mm -hmm. You also own a running store, Rochester Running Company. That I do. In addition to that, you're also at lots of races. I try to be, yes. And you've also got recently married to your darling wife, Erica. That has been a highlight of the year, yes. All right. So <laughs> so I feel like I'm really stealing your time right now. No, I'm... I'm uh, How do you fit it all in? What do you... Do you sleep? Uh, I always... I guess I don't always fit it all in, but I, I'm trying, you know, and uh, yeah, it's just... It's, it's definitely a busy, but it's something that... Everything I do, I love. You know, that's the thing. I think a lot of people always say, you know, you have to have time off to, you know, you can't always be working. And I guess for me, it's like the, I do what I love. So the work, you know, that kind of cliche uh, expression, mm-hmm. but it really is true. You know, I, I really enjoy all the projects I'm working on outside of my full-time job. So it doesn't feel like, you know, a normal job would. Uh, you know, so I'm always, you know, it's always like mental energy going to, you know, unique projects and um, you know, so it can be challenging, but it's also super rewarding. But it doesn't, so you don't get 
to one of those things where you're like, oh, man, I got to go right from the store to the station and then I'm going to uh, see my wife for an hour and fall asleep. <laughs> you don't have one of those like grumbly days. You're more like, oh, yay, I get to go to the station after this. Oh, no, for sure. I mean, there's <laughs> there's always like I mean, it's always tough, you know, because there's parts of every day. I think I think I'll use an example. When I first opened the store. You know, I, every day was a struggle. I mean, we literally opened the store with like two or three shoes on the wall. I'm getting blacklisted from all the brands I want and all this stuff. You know, I'm just like my mind's going nuts and I'm, you know, just struggling, just getting things open, you know. Um, and I literally didn't even have socks, you know, like when we opened. I mean, it's, it's kind of like this bare bones, you know, just, just seeing, throwing it out there to the universe and seeing what comes back to me, you know. But it was crazy because every day at the store I would have some – like moment of like hope like it was it wasn't it was literally like seven hours of like just like just trying to put something together or you know or talk to a vendor or something like that and actually make my store better and and that was always sometimes seven hours of like complete frustration and then I'd have one person that would walk through the door and just like make my day they'd be someone I had met a long time ago or maybe some new person I just met and that's kind of what kept has got kept me going for so long because that moment that I know I'll have, you know, at the end of every day or, or in the beginning of the day or somewhere, uh, you know, is worth it. Mm -hmm. So it was more like, uh, the, the struggle is yours for good purposes at the end, right? You get, you get energy from seeing other people satisfied by your work. For sure. Yeah. I mean, I think, yeah, when I first opened the store, you know, we, I, we also had, a. uh, a sign basically that said, you know, uh, you know, we we're doing this, you know, to do this together, you know, but also we're, you know, we're, we're doing it for the community. And, you know, and I really, you know, I really believe that. And I guess, you know, I, I ultimately am driven that way. Like, obviously like I get personal satisfaction out of the store, but ultimately the personal satisfaction comes from others, like really jiving by what the store is doing, you know? So right. it's, it's not, you know, so, you know, that's kind of how I get, like really enjoy it. Like I don't always need to be doing the fun thing or mm -hmm. like doing the fun race, but going to races and cheering people on or, or just seeing, you know, just people like achieve different goals because they've been able to meet somebody else through, through the store. And somehow indirectly I've kind of had a small hand in that. That's really cool. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, I don't think we've as a store like done anything like crazy amazing. I just think we've given people like a, a place to kind of come, you know, mm -hmm. and, and, uh, and find like, uh, personalities and you know right and it, it's you always described it to me sort of as uh, a hub people come there and start there and maybe they go run or maybe they come back or maybe they go somewhere else but it's it's a it's another point now in this community throughout the city now there's college town and there's rochester running company and that's a place to go sure yeah, yeah. and i think you know for me it's always been a mission too to just to energize a little you know, younger demographic. I mean, I think one of the biggest things that always is, is people that probably know me really well or know the vision of the store really well, um, you know, know that I get just frustrated by people who say, oh, there's nothing to do here. You know, we got to get out of here. You know, and it's a lot of high school students say that a lot of, you know, even college kids that come here, you know, and I just think that's, that's kind of crazy wrong. And I've been around in different areas. I've, I've lived in Arizona and, and some different areas. So it's not that I haven't um, experienced, you know, uh, life outside of Rochester, you know, I, I have, and I feel like there is a lot, you know, to offer here. Mm -hmm. So, um, so that's what I wanted to give, especially young people an area and Avenue 
to you know I see Rochester as like a, a place that actually has something going on and, and has people that have like interests that they can actually uh, meet and you know and uh, you know and enjoy Rochester together you know yeah and so let's step back a little bit and let's talk about you grew up in Rochester right you grew up not far yes. not far from where the store is right yeah for sure yeah I grew up literally probably three miles away from uh, from the store where it is now on Genesee Park Boulevard. So I still have my childhood home over there. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's an area that I used to, you know, could, could run to when I was a kid, you know, and, and, and an area that's in my backyard. Mm-hmm. So what was, what, what are your sort of first memories of running around Rochester? Do you have first memories of running around? Yeah. I mean, when I really, I mean, I didn't really pick up running as much until after college. Um, but I mean, my first like real memories were when I was in high school. I my freshman year, I went to McQuaid, and I didn't particularly love the school. And I know it's been great for a lot of friends of mine, and it's a good school. But I just didn't really love it. But I ran cross country freshman year, and and uh, so I remember running actually around that same you know a lot of the same areas that we run on Lockdeville and all different areas you know um, you know actually that the store is built now. And but I just remember the biggest memory I have from that was I just knew nothing about cross country. I had no idea what I was doing. I knew nothing about running, and I don't think anyone really wanted to even help me because I was probably a lost cause. But um, like you just stumbled in, and you're like, running sounds fun. Yeah, I mean, I just was, I just didn't know exactly what I was doing. Like I would I would go I would be running in trail races, and I'd be getting tired. I'd be, you know I you know want to walk. I'd see my dad. I'd run fast by him, and then all of a sudden I'd start slowing down. And you know, uh, it just I just didn't understand it or didn't get it completely. But uh, but yeah, one one day we had this like prediction run where we had to kind of you know predict how fat you know how long it was going to take us to run a mile. And of course, I said. Uh, you know, oh, it's going to take me like 15 minutes. So I was trying to count out the, you know, that how long it was going to take. And the, the coaches, I think it's just like everyone else is done and I'm still just going really slow just to try to hit my exact time, you know, <laughs> and it's, the, you know, everyone else kind of got to just run as fast as you could and try to hit that time. But I was the one that was like trying just to to win the, uh, yeah. you know, the competition in, in the weirdest way possible. By, Give yourself some budget. Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> by just trying to see if I could calculate 15 minutes in my head and, and cross the finish line at that exact time. So nice. Anyways, but so that was your, and that, that was the extent of your high school running. <laughs> that was the biggest memory I have of just being this like stupid kid who thought that, uh, you know, he could win the game, uh, some, you know, yeah, some well. way, you know, and I was always trying to maybe win the game and not just by running as fast as I could, but yeah, you know. and then so somehow from from not liking McQuaid, you end up, um, you know, at least from my mark that I understand. The next thing is you're a Rochester firefighter. Yeah, I mean, well, I so I went to Kearney. I transferred to Kearney and just uh, actually so I became uh, so the middle portion of that is I became a golf pro. Um, uh, oh yeah, so, that's right. You did tell me about that out in Arizona, right? Correct. Yeah, out in Scottsdale. So I spent. Um, so after, so basically after I left McQuaid, I ended up, you know, uh, going to Kearney. I joined the golf team there. I worked throughout college. Uh, I was always working at a golf courses and, uh, ended up moving out to Arizona after college, worked at some really fancy, beautiful golf courses. And, uh, but just found myself kind of, kind of in this like land of not loving, you know, what I was doing every day, um, or just not being completely happy and, and wondering if that was going to be like, you know, my you know, my life, you know, the rest of, 
you know, the rest of my life. And I had always promised that I'd come back to Rochester, so that was, you know, my goal. So I kind of had a time limit on it too. So that might have been part of it. I wasn't committed, you know, out there. Um, but just being a golf pro, I just kind of lost, like, the love of it, you know, and I just wanted something that was more accessible for, you know, a mass market, you know, just where you didn't have to have, you know, a ton of money to join an exclusive private country club, you know. So mm-hmm. so I just – I left. I came back to Rochester, and um, I actually went into banking for a little while because it was just – I had some connections, so it was easy for me to get a job at that point, but still wanted to do something that I felt like was making a difference and had a unique schedule. Um, I've never been good with nine to five. So, (laughs) so then I, um, was lucky enough to get the, you know, to do really well on the test for the city fire department. And, and then that was, um, yeah, kind of, as I say, you know, history, I, you know, I, I, you know, was able to get a great, you know, great job that I love. And it's actually almost seven years now, which is, um, which is really crazy. Time flies. Wow. Seven years. Yeah. And was that like, uh, was that kind of a spontaneous transition? Did you just like storm out of the bank one day and say, <laughs> I'm going to make a difference in the world? Um, it wasn't quite as dramatic, but it was It was kind of crazy because if civil service and the interview process for that, it's just literally I'd have to sometimes, they, you know, I would call up, you know, City Hall and they'd, you know, say, oh, or they'd call me up and they'd say, we'd love you to, you know, come down for an interview today and I'd, or for an interview. And I'd say, oh, yeah, I'll come down. When would you like me? And they'd be like, oh, how does 530 sound? You know, and you're looking at it, it's, <laughs> you know, it's 4, you know, or 330 or something. You're like, uh, yeah, I can do it. You know, but that was, I, I, during the interview process, I just said yes to everything. You know, I didn't, because I didn't want anything to come in mm-hmm. the way of that. So, right. So I just, you know, I said, yes, I'll definitely, uh, you know, come down and, you know, and, and that was, but that was the way, you know, that kind of happened. And then I had, Somebody, uh, you know, I know told, was telling me that I should stay in the bank, you know, and that I'd make a lot more money or something like that. And, you know, I just said, you know, I'm pretty happy with my decision. And I'm, you know, seven years later, I'm I'm definitely uh, glad I did what I did. Yeah, I um, I was thinking that you had this sort of moment, you know, because like there's this one podcaster I listened to and he used to work for a bank and uh he one day, um, he was like getting frustrated with his job and he, uh, he was at work one day and his, he went down, bent down to tie his shoe on his shoe and his shoelace broke. (laughs) And he like, now he's standing at the bank with a, a broken shoelace and he's like, that's it. And he quit. And he went and started his own podcast network, you know, that he had been building. Mm. He he was working on it, but this is when he decided that he was going to make it as his life because mm. his shoelace broke. <laughs> so. I don't think I had quite a eureka moment like that, <laughs> but uh, I mean, it definitely was one of those things where I was just, you know, I was so happy to actually, you know, to, you know, to be selected and, and it was, you know, kind of no looking back. You know, I, mm-hmm. I had told my, uh, my manager was really great at the time and she was just, you know, she said, Hey, if, you know, this is what you want, I'll be supportive. And, you know, obviously we love you to stay, but you know, this is, you know, and I think what I, the biggest thing I learned working at the bank is just that, you know, really, you know, companies are, you know, they don't, there's so many different companies. I mean, like, you know, everything seemed like a huge deal, you know, working at, you know, like at HPC and first Niagara, but, you know, in the, in the end, it wasn't like, it was just one bank and there's tons of other banks all around you that all have the same like circle of like have, having their employees feel like what they're doing is just a really big, important deal. But, 
you know, so it's ultimately I feel like and you have to keep everything in perspective, you know, because um, while I always wanted to work hard and do a good job in what I was doing, you know, the company ultimately doesn't really have they're not they're looking at you as a number to some degree, too. You know, and I think yeah. to some degree you have to kind of keep that as much as I, I don't think we should just say, oh, well, the company doesn't really care about me because I think a lot of times. You know, there are a lot of good companies out there. I think you just always have to keep in mind that you have to do what's best for you, you know, and, mm -hmm. and that was what it was at the time was me moving on to something different. So, yeah, it's like the the personal relationships matter. Sure. Right. But three to four levels up, they're not making personal decisions, mm -hmm. which sure. I guess is what you changed dramatically. Right. Went from a big bank to RFD. Right. Sure. And then. RFD, and then you moved out and did your own thing. Yeah. So if you're seven years in RFD and then you're three and a half years into the store, it wasn't very long into RFD that you decided you wanted to be a entrepreneur. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I, it seems like it was a long time, I guess, because time just seemed to move a lot slower at one point, you know, and now things have just rapidly accelerated, <laughs> but... Um, you know, I just, I was finding myself just going from, you know, place to place and kind of doing a lot of fun things, but all my energies were kind of misguided or something, you know, or they, they don't, weren't always focused on some sort of productive goal. Um, so sometimes I just felt like I was just needed, needed something, you know, that was not, um, you know, that was ultimately more productive and that would lead to something good for like a family or, you know, having some sort of family life, you know, uh, because I was just, I found myself going like a million miles a minute in just lots of sporadic ways. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to try to like rein that in and That's do That's the something. typical like late twenties kind of person though, isn't it? Right. Like running around crazy. Like uh, we were talking earlier before this and I was thinking like, man, I remember I remember being single, living by myself, sure, and feeling like it was bonkers. But oh, I got this job, and I gotta go out tonight, and yeah. then I gotta go grocery shopping, and I gotta do. And you feel like your life is super full, yeah. But you don't know what your life is <laughs> is until you actually fill it up, for sure. And you've done a good job filling it up, yeah. And that's <laughs> no, you're completely right. I think we always just. You know, sometimes I've I've gotten rid of some things, you know, that now I'm like, the, you know, this year I've been the busiest I've ever been. But then I think back and I was I've actually taken some stuff off my plate from, you know, last year, but then I added other things. So it is amazing how we just at least certain maybe people, you know, like and I'm just that's the personality of me as I find a, a way to fill up my time, you know, mm -hmm. with with something. So if all of a sudden the store went away tomorrow, I'm sure I'd. You fill know, it up. Yeah, I'd fill it up with, you know, with something, which, but I guess for me, I always like to, I'm always craving like new experiences or, or just experiences in themselves, you know, or mm -hmm. as you said, like just trying to produce something for somebody, you know, um, you know, before the store, I had one of the best New Year's parties in Rochester <laughs> called Rock New Year's. And uh, that was actually like a little venture. We had like three parties and like, it was actually, it started at my house. And then it moved to like Mason's. We had like 250 people and it was like, you know, it was, I don't know, it was fun. <laughs> but, um, you know, so I've always just, but again, that was me like serving garbage plates at like one in the morning to all these, 
you know, crazy, like just finished open bar for the last four hours on New Year's, like, you know, individuals that were walking around like zombies and I'm like serving garbage plates. So I'm not having any fun. You know, I'm sure like my date or whoever's with me at the time is not having any fun, but you know, it's ultimately I'm, I I am having fun because I'm doing something that I feel like is, you know, is entertaining a group of people, you know, part of a thing. Yeah. Yeah. And to me, that's, that's where I get, you don't often go on like the group runs on Saturday mornings. Sometimes you do, but you still seem to really be having fun with all that energy around the store, right? For sure. Same kind of idea, I yeah. think. Well, and and part of and part of that too is like the design of the store. So, I mean, so when I started the store, it was all built to be more personal. You know, I I I guess I hated the the idea that you would come someplace and just talk to somebody about like footwear or things like that. And then the next time you came in, it would be someone completely different. And the next time you came in, it would be someone completely different. Even if those people were amazing individuals, because I don't want to take anything away from, you know, like, you know, transitional like employees and employment, you know, because like so many, you know, are, you know, care a lot of, you know, but I just, I wanted to have some places a little more stable, I guess, if that makes sense. I guess just because I came from the golf industry where you'd have a golf pro at a golf shop for, who would be there for years and, you know, so you got, had a consistent name and then, or, or in face to actually somebody that you could go in and you could look for or talk to. Or if you did have, if you were working with one of their employees, it was only a, like a one step to find, you know, the, the top of the, uh, you know, the, the line there. So if you had an issue or any kind of problem or, you know, you would just basically, you know, you were easy to find the person you wanted to find. So, so when I built a store, I wanted to have something similar where, you know, it wasn't that we had a bunch of, you know, like tens of, you know, part-time employees just always working with different people. So you never got to know like a, you know, a face. So that's where I've tried to put like Greg, who is our manager now, like in all the social media stuff, because I want people to get to know him, you know, and mm-hmm. I want him to be as much as possible, like the kind of the face of the store. Um, and while I'm probably, you know, like the driving kind of force, a lot of it, you know, like behind the scenes, I don't necessarily need to be out in front, but I also want people to know that I'm I'm there. You know, if, they, if anything comes mm-hmm. about or any issues happen, you know, I'm there. And I also want to be able to fit you for, you know, for shoes. Like, I don't want you to feel like, oh, I can't ask John. He's too busy or something like that. Or I can't see Jonathan, you know, like to have him fit me. You know, if you want to be fit by me, I want to be available. So, mm-hmm. so I, you know, I, you know, I need to figure out sometimes the best ways to balance the time because that's what's most important to me ultimately is fitting people for shoes going for a run with you, you know, being able to be accessible, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, this year I've kind of failed in that a little bit, I feel like. But that's the ultimate goal, and that's where I'm hoping that we can kind of get back to next year a little bit too. Yeah, I don't know. I, you seem to be there most times when I'm popping in, or or maybe you're at uh, Boston Marathon, <laughs> or maybe you're at Flower City, you know, or maybe – your uh, time in Johnny's, whatever it is. I mean, you're still around and doing those things. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So let's um let's go back and step back to the beginning. There was a day when you realized you were going to open Rochester Running Company, and I've heard bits and pieces of this, but you've probably had an opportunity to tell a few people the story. But what is the uh what is the shoelace story, <laughs> if you will? What Tell me about how you decided to open the store. Yeah, so, um, I mean, it started in such like a, you know, a, a different way, I guess, because it was something that was just an idea, you know, for a long time, and it was just something that I never thought would happen. I just, 
you know, I kind of had an idea. And, and so I used to live with this uh, good mortgage loan officer. He works for GRB Bank, Joe Petralia. And uh, no, shout out to yeah. Joe. <laughs> <laughs> no, Joe is a, you know, is still a good friend, you know, uh, just a, you know, a really good guy. And we, but he lived, uh, you know, at my house for a while. And, and uh, we would always, we actually got into a good groove at one point. We'd work out in the mornings and just, you know, like we'd, we both worked at the bank, so it was kind of a, a you know a, a, a fun relationship because we you know we were both had similar schedules and we kind of played off um, of that. So so for a while, I would just you know I would always shoot things at Joe about things we could do in the future or business ideas or things like that, you know. And but I always you know I always thought there was nothing more rewarding than doing something like working at a golf club, you know, or you know in that way was as far as interacting with a lot of different people. So creating that kind of same environment, you know, in a running store, I thought would be just awesome, you know, where you could have the best place to run from, you know, it was right out your back door, which I think in Rochester, where we are in College Town is, um, you know, where you could find people that also like to run, but that don't take it like crazy seriously, where you're going to feel like I'm not a runner or, you're, you know, I'm not enough of a runner to be here, um, you know, and then just being someplace that was, you know, accessible to a younger generation. So I guess those kind of like um, the three, you know, main things that I kind of wanted to, you know, to kind of form, you know, in the store with the fourth being that I wanted to make something for somebody, hopefully one day and just throwing this out in the universe, you know, of making a shop that would be someone's dream job, because as much as I love it, I mean, the, the firefighting is my dream job. It's, it's, you know, it's my dream career. So I'm like, I've won the lottery, you know, so now anything I do after that is just like, I don't know, I guess piling on, you know, more, you know, like I win the lottery again, I guess, you know, but so it's like I have won the lottery again through what I've done through the store, but, um, you know, hopefully one day I can actually really employ somebody who this is like their dream to open a running store, to have a running store, and that's, they can kind of take it over and become the face, kind of like the long-term, you know, goal with it, so, but, um, so yeah, so I, I just mentioned it to Joe and, and uh, so he kind of kept it in his mind, and we'd always throw around business ideas and things like that. And uh, and one day the you know college town opened, and we were talking, man, it would be cool to have a running store there. And since he works with like with loans and and works in the kind of that realtor you know sphere, he I guess somehow met the owners of the you know the development, and he said, hey, I talked to the owners of the development, and they said it would be really great to have a running store here, a really corner store, and, you know, or cornerstone store, you know the bring people in that are looking to be healthy, you know, that are looking to improve, you know, like improve their lives and also kind of become a community and, you know, maybe spend money in the area. So, um, I said, well, you know, that's cool. You know, like if you can introduce me to the, uh, you know, to them, I would love to talk to them and see what, you know, what their vision is. And so sure enough, I got an introduction and then next thing I know, I'm like looking at a space and walking through like this, like, you know, this completely empty space and now I've got to like come up with a design and all, you know, sorts of stuff. So now like everything that I've thought about, you know, as just a completely crazy idea is always, is all of a sudden like they're asking me to flesh it out on paper and I don't know how to do that. And they're also asking me for a lot of paper and I'm like, I don't know where I'm going to get this, you know? So, so now I've gotten talking to banks for loans and they're telling me that there was like a guy and Victor who, you know, that messed them over on a loan because he was, you know, whatever, you know, there's a lot of this drama, so I can't get loans from certain banks because they don't trust running store owners anymore. So anyways, just a lot of like a lot of crazy things. And I literally got to the point where I was, you know, I kind of almost had a signed lease, but I had like no money, you know, like, and I'm like, <laughs> all right, I don't know at this point, like if this is going to happen, you know, and then, and then, 
I actually got approved for the small business loan that I had applied for, you know, and, and all of a sudden, like, the wheels are just, like, in motion, you know. But, like, there was a long period where it was just, like, I don't think this is going to happen because I don't think anyone's going to believe in, in what I'm trying to do enough to actually, like, make this happen, you know. And that was, like, really, like, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't want to do it on the backs of, like, you know, my parents of, like, you know, oh, we'll give you some money or, you know, or, or just, like, a private investor or going with the team because if, I didn't want to let anyone down. At least this way, if I let anyone down, I let myself down. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, so things just kind of crazily happened, you know, and then all of a sudden now it's like I'm going out to trade shows and I'm, I'm just trying to actually really like flesh out what I want. And I'm telling the designers like how I want, you know, the, the store to be laid out so that the shoes are in front of the customers. So you don't have to go to some back room and you, you come back 15 minutes later with three shoes that, you know, that you don't know why, you know, why can I see the other shoes that are on the wall? You know, I mean, I wanted to have it be something be accessible and like everything in front of the you know the customer so so the way that i envision like hopefully a running store kind of working in my world of like how i saw like that kind of service with a limited staff you know of just me and maybe another one or two people you know um you know now was all of a sudden being fleshed out like on paper and that, so that, so it's really crazy and it's really cool and, and for me like just being a geek of just trying like loving to create something different um you know it was it was an awesome period and in some ways i wish i could go back because it was just fun, to, you know, to be in that like that world of exploration. And we, and sorry to talk so much, but I guess but that's what, it's that's what you're here for. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, that's just what like, and it does get me excited to think about it because, you know, and Greg and I talk about this all the time. Like we always say, like let's strip away like what we know about running stores or running in general. You know, let's strip away all of that and let's try to get back to like why we hit a chord. I think with Rochester runners in the first place, you know, and that's sometimes hard because now we're in it. Now we're like so immersed in it. And then you have issues that come up with different situations or, or races or things that we never had to worry about before. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times it's always like, let's take a step back and see where did this, you know, like let's, let's pretend we never, you know, made a group run before, like what would make you want to come? You know what I mean? And that's mm-hmm. kind of what we really need to get back to over and over and over again. Yeah, it's interesting um, that you say that because um, so I was listening to a podcast recently, as I do. Most of my stories are either in podcasts or about podcasts. Yeah, but you have a thing about podcasts. (laughs) So anyways, it's talking about Tesla as a company. And Tesla as a company right now is a dumpster fire, Mm -hmm. right? Like their corporate structure is messed up. Their customer support is messed up. But they had a really great idea. And they really shook up the car market, right? Mm. And they're really doing a lot of things to push the automotive industry forward. And one of the ways they did that was that thing that you just uh, said. Let's look at it from the outside and let's say we don't know anything about cars. Mm -hmm. What would we do to make this an awesome experience? On the other hand, there's 100 years of building cars, and there's a lot of really good lessons there. Sure. So you want to take the best of those lessons learned, but you want to leave all that fat and pork barrel stuff and all the stuff that really doesn't aim to make a great car. But you want the lessons learned of like customer service, uh, parts, uh, reliability, um, eliminating redundancy and optimizing. But you don't want all that 
weight of everything mm-hmm. else. And that's a balancing act, right? Sure. You know, and so they did really good putting out a great product, but now they can't put out that product reliably. And now they can't like, they can't satisfy the customers they have. And they're, you know, everybody wants to be their customer. Sure. Right? <laughs> everybody wants a Tesla, but they need to get their stuff right. And that's what I like when you and Greg sit around and like talk strategy. You're always talking about like, yeah, we could do that, but could we do it right? Mm-hmm. No, for sure. And I think, you know, when we, you know, in the, the early days when we were just creating some events, I mean, like that's the thing like about, you know, about me, like I'm never going to say to you like, I'm the best, you know, runner in the city. And I, you know, like I, by any means, like I'm not, I'm not, I mean, sometimes I, I, I mean, I, I run, so I always have a tough time when people are like, oh, I'm not a runner. It's like, well, do you run? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, then you're a runner. You know, I mean, that's like, that's that's the easy answer. And that's the thing. You don't have to pay me $250,000 to join my country club. Like, that's not what being a runner is. You know, being a runner is, you know, going for a run and actually just getting out there and, and going faster than walking speed. You know, like that's, you know, mm-hmm. in my mind, you know, just the very base of being a runner. Do I enjoy and hope that we can provide something for very good runners and to elite runners? Yes, I do. Like, I mean, that's one of my goals. I don't want to just, you know, be like, you know, I don't want to, you know, I I want to supply something for the elite runners, but do I also want to supply something for, you know, the slower runners, uh, the middle of the pack? Yeah. I mean, that's kind of like, you know, that's, everybody's a runner, you know, so that's, what's cool about it. But, um, but I'm never going to tell you that I'm, you know, elite or Mm -hmm. by any means, or even just like probably even a, a good runner, you know? Yeah. I mean, we're going to, we're going to talk about couch. <laughs> we're going to talk about couch to marathon. But no, but no, I mean, but that's where I guess just, you know, like that's, but that's what I want people to know in my store though, too, is that like I, you know, but I do take a lot of pride about learning about running and learning about also just the history of running and learning about the history of Rochester running. So that's where everything in my mind has always been since I started is I don't want to just come in and, and say, mm, I'm fed up with something or whatever. And I'm going to create something new because I'm really not fed up with something. I didn't create it being fed up with anything. And also I'm, I don't want to just create something new for, to create something's new sake or just layer on top of layer of all this like stuff on the Rochester running community that nobody wants, you know, mm-hmm. um, because I already kind of came in and was like, Hey, you know, you've got a bunch of running stores in the area and I'm going to give you another one. You know what I mean? And I kind of came at, at that from like a sense that I felt like there was something that we could provide that wasn't provided but I didn't, uh, you know, that wasn't like a, you know, in my mind, like a, a additional layer because I was trying to kind of work, um, you know, I've been trying to kind of work like harmoniously within the running community to create like a nice balance and also to create, you know, counter activities. So like mm-hmm. no one was doing, you know, like in my mind, like, uh, you know, like late night, like cookie runs or things like that, or just kind of some different runs and like the. Mm-hmm consistent beer runs had just kind of come about from like La, uh, Los Burros, like maybe a mm-hmm. year before we came. So, you know, there was kind of some aspects of what I wanted to do, again, mm-hmm. drawing in that younger generation that I felt mm-hmm. like we could provide. Yeah. And one thing, at least at a minimum, you've provided is the opportunity to start every run running up Mount Hope. You know? Yes. No, I <laughs> you mean. <laughs> you couldn't do that before. You know, there wasn't a there wasn't a stage where immediately you're running uphill. <laughs> And it's odd because you run uphill to start the run, and somehow we also run uphill to finish the run. Well, but there yeah. also wasn't a stage. You know, I didn't feel like there was a stage where you could run from, like, a safe area either, though. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. at least you, if you run up Mount Hope 
you won't actually come across like a intersection pretty much, or you don't even have to actually mm-hmm. until Elmwood again. You know, you can run yeah. like an entire loop without really hitting an intersection, like a three mile yeah. loop. You know. Yep, it, that, it is really good. And I that like was that. my feeling. Like I had been on group runs before, like in various places and stuff, and I was just like, wow, this is almost dangerous. You know, I'm taking my life in my hands. There's cars coming all over. It's dark. It's like, you know what I mean? And and obviously some of our routes are like that, but there's lots of really safe areas to run around where our store is yeah, built. I which think is so, why especially like another, the staging Genesee Valley Park, oh, yeah. Mount Hope Cemetery, you know. Um, it, there's down Elmwood. There's it's in a the store is in a really good location for running, mm-hmm. and I think that's the other thing is it's in the middle of the city. Sure. So, um, yeah, we mentioned couch to marathon, <laughs> and I did tell people in the beginning of this that we were going to talk about your recent Marine Corps marathon. Yes. And I think one of the things is if you are doing firefighting, mm-hmm. and then. Um, you're also working at the store, you're probably running really weird hours. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, like today I worked at the firehouse overnight, so then I went home for a couple hours and uh, just kind of regrouped. Luckily, I don't have to open till 11 on, on Sundays, you know, so mm-hmm. went to the store and sold some shoes, you know, mopped the floors and, uh, you know, and then... And then, lucky enough, uh, dropped by a craft uh, place to get some beers and bring them to you and then came here. So, you know, that's kind of like a normal, you know, kind of day, you know, for, for me. So sometimes I'm running out a little empty. But, um, but yeah, I mean, for me, that's the, been especially the last year has been the hardest to try to train, you know, mm-hmm. to try to train for, for something or just be consistent about running, you know. So um, it's kind of the same thing as when, you know, a lot of golf pros would always say, you know, you know, oh, I, now I'm not a golf pro. I, I, I can't, you know, I don't have any time to golf. And I always thought that was just horrible. Like, because you're actually like, you know, you are a golf pro. Like, you're supposed to, you know, you should golf. Like, and also, you know, if you're going to be talking about golf all day, you know. And that's why, like, this year, too, it's been especially, like, just frustrating to me because it's like I, 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 I haven't run as much. But then I'm seeing all these people run or I'm going to these races or I'm talking about running, but I'm not running myself as much, you know, so. Um, yeah, so that's kind of a concerted goal for me this winter is just to actually get back to running again. You know, that's how I think we're like kindred spirits in that way. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm uh, I'm topping out at 500 miles for the year right now. Yeah. You know, and well, well, I think a lot of people, uh, and I think a lot of people run and they get away from their problems. You know, it's like, I mean, I just ran and I, you know, uh, everything just kind of melted away, and I came back and I felt back, re- came back refreshed. When I run. My mind just starts going, and I come up with some of my best ideas. But my, I really like usually like end a run a lot of times like a little more stressed out than when I started. I still feel better, you know. I still feel good, but yet my mind is like come up with a bunch of like it's like I give my mind time to actually work, and then all of a sudden I've got like six more things that I have to accomplish. So in some ways, it's like my anxiety about doing stuff like sometimes I think prevents me, you know, because I've got all this stuff to do. So then I'm. I, th- I know that when I run, I'm going to be going through all this stuff in my mind, so that gives me anxiety. I don't know if that makes sense. And I- no, it absolutely does because that was one of the things, one of the struggles that I had was uh, I just ran for an hour and a half, and I thought of five things that I want to do. I could have used this hour and a half to do them. Sure. But you wouldn't have thought of those things <laughs> if you didn't go run for an hour and yeah. a half. Or you wouldn't have done them anyways probably. Right. You know what I mean? That's exactly. like the, just the, the constant struggle. But, but also, I mean, I think I always want to – what I love about like my running over the last four years is the fact that I've been willing to take chances for one. 
and I've been willing to go out and run and not care what anyone else like. Yeah, I own a running store, so I should probably be the one that's like, oh my gosh, I have to run like a you know sub you know like three hour marathon, and I've got to sh- impress all these people on Strava and and be you know like. And I guess like that was the biggest thing for me is I wanted to show people that like just go out and be vulnerable and go out and do it. And maybe you'll fail like I did in Ironman this year. I just went out, you know, and I I, I failed miserably. Like I, I, I did it though. I mean, I, like I, I tried and I like tried as hard as I could and I put myself out there and I had an amazing time. Mm-hmm. And I put myself in a good mindset before that race, you know. But I feel like a lot of people I think are get so caught up in the social media like – angst or like I have to be this certain person who I've set out to be because my as I think you've probably talked about this before you know like my like yeah like you know honey stinger won't sponsor me next year or something like that you know what I mean give me a free box of stinger gels you know I mean it's like some people I think get so caught up in this like uh you know this face that they have to be and I I just don't I know I our our paths no you know our paths aren't linear you know I mean they're they're just very spotty sometimes and i think that's okay and i guess that's what i want to show to people and try to be real to people to say like hey it's okay if maybe you fail at some things or you don't run really fast or like i'm not gonna not post something because mm-hmm. you know because i didn't do well yeah you know i guess i have no ego in that way you know because it's not that important to me as far as like like ultimately i'm not gonna win the race like i'm not gonna come in at two hours you know what i mean like it's not gonna happen in a marathon so like hey nowadays you won't even win the marathon if you come in at two i know hours. Exactly. <laughs> As I mentioned uh, at the start of this show, in addition to this podcast being brought to you by the Steadfast Patreon supporters, this episode in particular is being sponsored by Athletic Brewing Company. Athletic produces award-winning craft-brewed non-alcohol beers. As they say, uh, brew without compromise. Now, I understand the first reaction being like, N.A. beers, eh, never mind. But... Trust me, these beers are legit. They have IPAs, golden ales, stouts, and they even do like seasonal beers as well. Um, Mine, personally, I like the Run Wild IPA. If you've been at any races recently, you've probably seen me um, handing them out or pushing them on folks saying, you know, give these a try because they are really good. There are lots of us runners that look forward to a beer after a run. And there are some of us that would rather hang out and not have the alcohol. So these are pretty good uh, right there fit that sweet spot. With no alcohol, you can even have a a few on Friday night and make it up with a clear head for your 5 a.m. morning sunrise run. And so athletic brews are a real option. And as an Extra bonus, they're only 50 to 70 calories per beer, and Athletic is a really great company. They have uh, three ultra runners on their team, and they donate 2% of all sales towards maintaining parks and trails. So check them out and give them a chance. If you are looking for them, you can pick them up locally in Rochester at Wegmans. Uh, But what's interesting is I usually have to go in the back walk-in cooler you know where the uh where the na beers are or where like the big 30 racks are so they're not going to be up front with all your other craft beers so you got to go in back and look for them uh or you know you can find me at a local race and uh just ask me for one i'll have one for you to try so anyways 
Thank you to Athletic Brewing Company for sponsoring this episode and for giving us a really great alternative to those really high 8%, you know, uh, IPAs when we're sitting out on the trails. So thank you, Athletic Brewing Company. So I guess that's, you know, my, you know, like that's what I've been happy as I've been willing to at least take some shots, mm-hmm. you know, even though I've probably misfired on more than half of them. Hey, whatever. You know, <laughs> you just went out and you did Marine Corps Marathon, so that's pretty great. And, and earlier cool. in the year, yeah. right, you did in L.A., right? Yeah, so L.A. was super rewarding because I ran it with uh, my now wife, um, mm-hmm. and it was her first marathon and yeah. maybe only marathon, but <laughs> <laughs> but we ran in like uh, five hours or something like that, and, uh, and uh, I felt like I could keep going. Like, it was kind of cool. Like, it was a nice feeling to actually finish a marathon and not feel like I just absolutely wanted to die at the end, you know, but, uh, and also to complete it, like holding hands with my future wife, like was like really cool. Yeah. Um, but who crossed the finish line first? No, we finished together. We literally (laughs) held hands for like, which is really super sappy and probably disgusting to many, but we like held hands for like the last probably half a mile. I think it's pretty my hand and, and, and it's crazy just, it's just crazy, like how full circle that is for me. Like it just, it's just nuts. Just like when, just in my crazy life of you know, like relationships and things, it's just like to actually cross a finish line, like holding a hand with the girl that loves me. Like it just is awesome. So it was like super special, and um, yeah, and, you know, and that's the thing about marathons too. It's like some people might have said, like, oh, I would never want to post that because it's so much slower than my best time no or way. something. But it's like, who cares? You know, I mean, like, that, especially what that meant to me. Like, mm-hmm. I don't care who sees it. Like, you know, who thinks yeah. I'm the slowest marathoner ever or something like that. I literally ran with someone who a year earlier was like, I don't even think I can run a mile. And then she completed a marathon. So that's cool in itself. Yeah. I think the silliest part was that your your post-race picture, you have a GoPro strapped to the top <laughs> of your head. <laughs> I was trying to take some good footage, you know, some good I mean, social media, you yeah, know. Yeah. <laughs> it's it looks like it would be such a great picture. You could frame it and put it on a wall. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> or on a GoPro ad. <laughs> I know. I took a I I ran a lot of the race with the GoPro on my head and then also I was carrying like a pack. Because what I like to do, again, I guess it's maybe like that whole service thing. I I would <laughs> You know, Erica says to me, oh, my gosh, I can't do water stops. Like, I just I can't get my head around it, you know, and I'm thinking water stops are easy, you know, because I've done Boilermaker since, you know, like, you know, I was in college and that was my first like the reason the store exists is I would say 100 percent because of my experience with a Boilermaker. Wow. Um, Maybe not 100 percent, but just very largely um, because of my experience there. Um, But, you know, so I would get her water and I would like. I would, you know, so I probably ran like maybe an extra mile or so because I would go and I would run up, get the water, you know, and like get what she needed, like run back to her and, (laughs) and be like a little running concierge. That's what I, you know, like, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, Boilermaker, just the experience there is just like, to me, like what running like should be about, I guess, just like as people supporting people and like everybody coming together at different capabilities because you have a lot of elite runners there. You have some amazing talent that comes out for that race. but you, And you're also running through a really crappy town. Like, I mean, like as far as like, I mean, Utica is a great town. But, I mean, as far as like. Where the race is. Where the race is, yeah. It's like yeah. it's like kind of like running through a lot of the areas in Rochester that's just like, you know, are like some abandoned areas. You know, it's like not mm-hmm. like, 
it's not like beautiful scenery and stuff mm-hmm. like that. You know, um, I think even people in Utica would admit that. You know, what I mean, it's well, like, no, Utica is the part of Utica that is still there is a great town. Yeah, it's that outside of Utica, just like the outside of every town in upstate New York. You know, for sure. So, yeah, a lot of just abandoned like factories or buildings. You know that like. Mm-hmm. That used to be something, but but what's amazing is that those you don't even notice that because the streets are filled with with community, with energy, with like you know with an amazing amount of people. So that's where when I came back to Rochester, you know, I think a lot of people have. I know like Lisa Fam who talked to you know she when she came back to you know some races here, she's like I'm going to sign up for a 5K and she runs and there's nobody out cheering you on, you know. So that's where that came. That was another one of our founding kind of like ideas is that. If we're going to make Rochester running better, we're going to also cheer on Rochester runners, and that's mm-hmm. Rochester runners across the gambit of, like, I don't care, you mm-hmm. know, what, you know, like, your belief systems are or anything like that or mm-hmm. what shirt you're wearing. I just want to cheer you on if you're running. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, that's that's kind of, like, one of our main principles. So that's what we've done, too, is we've gone out to different races, and I think we've kind of made a cheer stations a thing a little bit. So if there's one thing I would say, like, I maybe created that. Like, mm-hmm. I probably didn't because I'm sure it's existed. But I feel like we've pushed that forward. Like, we've motivated yeah. that in a good way. One of the things you do well is get out get out to races with the green tent and the uh, Bluetooth speaker. Sure. And get some clapping going. That's <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah. No doubts there. Um, so the, uh, the idea um, – so I have a Philly Marathon coming up. Yeah. Uh, a week from today. I know. And uh, how are you feeling? Are you well trained? <laughs> um, my mind is right. Yeah, that's, you know, that's the most important part. That's where I feel like my mind is. My mind is right. There's definitely no stress going into the race, and you're my you're my inspiration behind this. You know, the only two things that I know you've run recently have been the LA Marathon <laughs> and the Marine Corps Marathon. Well, okay, I I, I did run. So I ran. You ran the morning of your wedding. Was that what you did? I did run a race the morning of my wedding, which was actually a lot of fun. Um, Elaine Jacobson, she's uh, a runner with us, and uh, she's she's amazing. She has like she so recently she just made all these balloon arches and stuff. So she made this like balloon arch for the wedding, and they made this big picture and sign like embarrassing sign and stuff. So it was just awesome. But mm-hmm. it was a, it was a fun event. But yeah, so I did run a five k probably. What like, what race was that? Uh, that was. Um, that was actually, uh, um, it was it's up at the Sea Breeze. I'm sorry, I'm just blanking on the name. Heritage for Heroes, five k. I wanted to give them a good plug, but <laughs> yeah. Well, no, you did. You pulled so, it out of the yes. back. I put you on the spot, and yeah. you pulled it out. But it's no, it's a it's a good race, sporting a good, you know great cause. Um, uh, running with Kelly, it's um, Kelly Nash is a coach who puts on the race. So, you know, so I was able to support that and, you know, and actually do a run the morning of my wedding and do that. But, um, but I would say the, the reason for my success at Marine Corps was, uh, a well-known name, Kendra Chamberlain or not Chamberlain anymore, Kendra Pocus. Pocus. And, uh, I, she told me to talk about her by the way, but. Oh, oh she's, <laughs> she's so humble. I know. But no, I ran a, I ran a, like two days before the marathon, I ran a run with her through men and ponds and we ended up going like nine miles. And I'm like, this is not in anybody's training plan to run nine miles, like two days before a race. <laughs> but in my training plan, it was. And, uh, but ultimately, I mean, it was just, I, I guess in my mind, I didn't get psyched out by that, that I'm like, Oh my gosh, I just ran nine miles before I ran this marathon because one, I was just trying to complete the marathon. I, so Nicole Jones is the leader of interval 
and uh, Interval is a great organization in Rochester, and I was um, they redistribute medical uh, unused medical supplies. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, Intervals. Uh, uh, I work for Rochester Regional, and yep. Intervals right in the middle there. Yeah, so I was trying to raise a little money and awareness for that cause too. And I had promised her in March that I'd run the marathon. So sure enough, um, I did. But um, that was just a crazy weekend because I we had so much going on. Like in October in Rochester, like everybody wants to do a five k, and and Halloween just is like all you know encompassing around that month. So like we had. I think we had four races that weekend that we were timing, you know, so it was just a it was just a busy weekend. And I was actually timing one by myself that like we were a tradition that we were carrying out. I saw you <laughs> going. So I, yeah, I did a charity five K like on Saturday and then had to fly down to D C that night and um and run the marathon the next day and then run fly back. So it was kind of like one of the craziest marathons I've ever done, but it was and it was pouring rain throughout the entire thing, like or almost the entire thing. Like sideways rain, we were going through puddles up to our like past our ankles. Like my feet were soaking, but I don't know. Ultimately, like I just, I again having a good frame of mind, I got you know I got through it. But so that's what I'm hoping gets me through um, my uh, run because I got a I got an 11 mile run in last Sunday. That's good. 11 miles around Men in Ponds Park. Um, and now I'm tapering. <laughs> <laughs> but you're doing it with friends. I mean, that's part of it, I feel like, too. Because, I mean, you're going out there with a group of people, right, that you've done marathons with before, right? Is that correct? Yeah. Yep. Going out with all our all our running friends from the, from the G Street crew back in the day. Um, you know, and so they're all a little bit more trained up than me, maybe, but... I don't think that matters too much. I just hope that I don't hold them up too long for lunch. Yeah. You know, I'll have them tracking me so they know if they should go to lunch and then come back. And then come back and get you, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Bring me some lunch, yeah. you know. Um, but, yeah, my uh, I'm just going to go and run around the city of Philadelphia, you know. Mm-hmm. I guess I, that's my thing, though, is not always about PRs. You know, that's mm-hmm. – at least to me, it's – I mean – and it definitely is, you know, a lot of times, but just there's definitely times, especially this year for me, it's, it hasn't been about PRs. And I think that's okay to some degree, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, to not be focused on that, just to be focused on, um, you know, enjoying like just, you know, uh, being or enjoying the race itself, you know. That's what I'm hoping to do is go out and enjoy the experience. I'm not going to line up too uh, far up. <laughs> I'm going to... I'm going to not end up in the medical tent. <laughs> haven't, you, haven't you always wanted to line up, though, like on the start line so you can be in that picture for like the race for the next year <laughs> and just go out at like, you know, at like a 430 pace for like the first like four seconds yeah. and then just like all of a sudden just just cut over to the side and just right. start you just gasp me for air. And even if you get trampled, all those people in the front <laughs> weigh like 120 pounds. Yeah, so, so it can't be that bad. Yeah. It's not like it's going to be that bad. And they're all wearing like you know four uh, percents or you know so they're all, you uh-huh. know just bouncing you know, it's just right bounce, over. Yeah, it's, it's just, a lot of cushioning in every between yeah, there. Yeah, that's that. what I should do. Um, what I'm going to do instead is I'm going to be in the back because <laughs> if I go out too fast, I just might pull something. <laughs> so I'm going to stay in the back. I'm going to chill. I'm going to see the great city of Philadelphia. It's a good marathon. You've yeah. done. You've have you done that one before? Or no? no, I've not. Okay. I'm going to uh, thank a lot of volunteers. I'm yeah. going to, you know. Yeah. I, I try to do that. So, uh, just sometimes I, I 
I don't know, I lose like steam. In a marathon, I sometimes, I like probably everybody, but you know, around mile 18 to 20, I definitely lose like some of my positivity, you know, a little bit. It's, it takes, it takes a lot more to get you positive. So a lot of times I'm just trying to like lift my feet than like actually, you know, say thanks to the volunteers. But it's like, but it is amazing. Like some of these big city marathons too. I mean, Marine Corps is just lined, you know, obviously with Marines and um, you know, people that you, you just want to say like, thank you for your service, you know, like the entire way. And literally like, it's the only marathon, like I've that early in the marathon, I've started crying, you know, because of just, they have, I think it's called the blue mile where, mm-hmm. you know, they have just a mile of, 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 um, you know, veterans and people who have, who have, uh, you know, died in the line of duty. And, um, and sorry if I'm not saying that correct, exactly correct, but it's, uh, really just emotional, you know, and it's, it was pouring rain during that. And it's just, um, you know, I, there, there was these people actually with flags. Like they actually had after this, they they were lying. So after all the the photos, so this, it's like every ten feet, there's a photo of of someone who who's passed away. You know, mm-hmm. in in, in uh, you know line of duty. And I mean, there's and it's going on for a half a mile at least. And then there's just a line of people with with American flags just standing there with these American flags. And I saw a bunch on this table. And, you know, I know there's always obviously always people that always run with an American flag. And I'm thinking, one, I'm not running for like a PR or anything like that. I'm just running to complete this thing, you know, to raise some money for Interval. And and I, the last person in line, I was about to grab their flag and just say, like, let me have this and like run the rest of the way with it. You know, it just it was such it was kind of a crazy, you know, cool, mm-hmm. like, you know, moment. But then I didn't want to like, you know, like, take their flag or like insult them. You know what I mean? But it was like I never had that experience in a race where you just you almost have like just a experience that that that. Is I mean that was more than you know what I got. I mean I got out of the race like you know that that you know mile was mm-hmm. like a, you know was a, just a different experience than I've ever had before. Yeah, I've heard lots of stories of very emotional experiences there, and I I get emotional enough at the finish line of a marathon. I can't even imagine <laughs> what that would be like. Sure, and uh, to to do it with those kind of motivations. Mm-hmm. I got to think it doesn't matter if you run four hours or 450 or 550 at something like that. I mean, you're there for that, you know, might oh, as well soak it yeah. all in, you know? Yeah. And it was literally, we were soaking it all <laughs> as it was downpouring the entire morning. But yeah, uh, you did have some, you did have some run, some rain in the morning, but then it dried yes. out for you. Right. And then it was like a sauna, but, um, oh. <laughs> but <laughs> But the other thing, yeah, though, I had, um, uh, so I mean, I've been very lucky though, too, that I just, I don't, I, my, my stomach is like, does not, I don't get too bothered. Like I don't get like a, you know, like a really like upset stomach so I can almost eat anything. So that's, what's great about, so like literally around mile 17, like whatever nutrition plan I have, I just like, usually if there's something like handy, I'll just eat it, you know? And, and, um, you know, of course I, I flew out so quickly that I didn't really even bring much along. So I, as I, I think I've told you before, like I, I, um, I messaged this dude, I think mm-hmm. I, I, I literally had a, like a Reese's peanut butter cup at like mile two. And I'm thinking, I'm already disqualified from the race. I've already received outside aid, you know? So like <laughs> I can do anything from here on out, you know? But literally, I mean, I had like a, I had, you know, a beer, a shot of fireball. I mean, all sorts of stuff, you know, along the way, but you know, and lots of obviously Gatorade and, um, and water, like the, the good stuff. But, uh, but you know, for me, um, luckily, if, after like mile seventeen, I just I just want to eat real food. I, I, I have a tough time actually just just taking you know like goose after that that point. Like I just I really want I get really hungry and I just want some real food. So I'll take anything. 
That's why you should run ultras because that's what we got. I know, you and know? that's why that's what's so great about them. I mean, you can literally just you, you know you have a feast. You know, you have you sandwiches. Go on the yep. scale after thirty miles, and you're like, you know, wow. Yeah. So here's your list: uh, Reese's cup, yep, M and M's, sport beans, yep. water, mm-hmm. Gatorade, three honey stinger gels. Yes. And then here's where it turns: <laughs> small bag of potato chips, <laughs> shot of Fireball, yep. beer, Coca Cola. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds like an ultra right there. Yeah, no, it, it does, doesn't it? <laughs> it's like everything we provide at the aid station for unlimited breadsticks, you know, like all right there. Yeah, yeah. pretty good. Yeah. yeah, the shot of Fireball had to warm you up a little bit, huh? Yeah, it was interesting. So actually the reason I took the Fireball too is because I saw on Instagram somebody was reviewing the race from past years, and she had taken a shot of Fireball saying, like, this was you know what I did on one of my like bad marathon years. So, of course, I see this fireball tent. It's the same one she had taken a picture on. And I'm like, you know what? I'll take one of these and and uh, because this isn't going very well. But, <laughs> but I'm completing it, you know, and that, that was the main part. But mm-hmm. um, but I'm glad I actually, in some ways, I didn't, I'm glad I didn't train like super crazy hard and then come to that marathon and then that have to be my chance to like try to PR or do something because it was just, you know, I mean, it was horrible weather that mm-hmm. day. Yeah. So. In some ways, and, it was a and that puts you in a different frame of mind for that those miles, those meaningful miles, right? If you're huffing and puffing and trying to stay on pace, you know you're looking down twenty feet in front of you instead of looking around and taking in those kind of emotions. And yeah. I guess I always think that maybe that's why I'm I'm a different kind of road runner. Like for me, you go to a big city and a big marathon. When else do you get to run through the streets of that city? Sure. Right? Like I did D.C. and that's what I did. I ran around and when else do you get to run through the streets of Washington, D.C. Or New York City, for Christ's sakes. Like to go to New York City, run the marathon and be like, uh, I finished in, you know, XXX. That's 15 minutes longer than I wanted. Sure. You just got to run through the streets of New York City for four hours without anybody, you know, sure. chasing you off. Well, and that's what I think is always amazing. Like a lot of times people's criticism with stuff is like, wow, that's a... Uh you know, I just spent like, you know, $80 and I, you know, just got a t-shirt. It's like, no, you also got to run down a street that you never could run down because mm-hmm. if you ran down that street during a nor- at nine o'clock in the morning in a normal day, you would have been hit by multiple cars. You know, it's just, <laughs> it's not possible, you know? So like sometimes I think people's vi- vision of like, and then obviously some things are excessive. I'm sure some race fees are just crazy, but I mean, for most marathons, like there's so, especially like New York city, I understand it's expensive, but there's also so much that, like, logistic-wise that mm-hmm. they have to, just to prepare just to get you down, like, literally, like, a block. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. And that's going down 26.2 miles of blocks. Yeah, you know? five bridges. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that they had to close off completely to traffic, you know? And that's why it was crazy, too, is when I, like, try to, like, make a race in the city and City Hall's like, oh, we can't do much. It's like, we're in Rochester, New York, and you're telling me that they closed down, pretty much closed down New York City, and we can't run a 5K through some cool streets in the city? Like, that's crazy to me, too, you know, mm-hmm. but it, that's maybe a story for later. But. <laughs> that's the next podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> but uh, no, but I yeah. can I can understand those kind of things. And and that's the idea, right? Providing a cool experience like that's what for running sure. should be is a cool experience. Yeah. You know? No. And that's the thing. And they, you know, and you and that's like, you, what else do you have a chance just to grab a cup of water and throw it on the side of the street and know that somebody's <laughs> going to pick it up or or have a goo and like throw it? You know what I mean? Like, and know mm-hmm. somebody's going to be there. Like, that's what I feel like you pay for. Like, that's why. Mm-hmm. I, if I could do that like every, you know, every day and like know that I could run down the middle of the street 
you know, and throw a goo like on the side of the street and keep going, you know, and just worry about my time and not have anything else, then you know, I would I'd we'll, pay for it. We'll set up a uh, a special run just for you. You run down <laughs> Mount Hope Ave at four thirty <laughs> afternoon on a Thursday. <laughs> Perfect. We'll see how far it'll be the how far can you make it <laughs> Yeah, without getting hit, yeah. Yeah, yeah I probably won't get past like uh, uh Susan B. Anthony. <laughs> Yeah, how so. far can you make it? Yeah. Um, all right, so let's talk a little bit about the future. Yeah. Let's do that. Let's wrap up with uh, you looking at your crystal ball. And what's... Uh, oh, man. So you got an event coming up. You got this crazy new thing called Go Live. Yeah. And at this event, um, which is which is sold out. Yeah, um, it did sell out. Yeah, yeah. so boo on me. Um, <laughs> you didn't get a ticket in time. I didn't get a ticket on time. but <laughs> I okay. warned everyone. I said when it started that it was going to sell out. I you mean, did. I didn't think it would, but it actually did. You so. did. So you're going to have a bunch of people um, at Three Heads Brewery yeah. basically bring everybody together for a celebration of 2019 yeah. and to sort of look out into 2020. Yeah. No, I mean, so that was kind of where I guess another one of me and Greg's brainstorming sessions, you know, where we're just sitting around the shop, just trying to think of like something unique to do. And and so my, you know, I, I guess we can, we can start everything and like, and, and, and tell everybody everything on, and, um, on social media, but it just, it, it, it's a little exhausting sometimes because you don't know if the right, if you're the right messages coming across or if you're actually getting the word out, you know? So we said, what if we just actually made like an event that we could, you know, like kind of like, so we, you know, you always see those like Steve Jobs or, you know, like, uh, you know, Apple keynote type, you know, like uh, presentations and events where you have a, you know, like uh, all these presentations behind you and they're, they're rolling out all these brand new things when really they're probably just telling you like that they're not going to take, have the home button on the iPhone anymore. But either way, you know, it's <laughs> like, uh, you know, these huge, you know, announcements. So we, we thought, you know, like we always like just to have fun with things anyways. We're like, what if we made something like that but for running you know like and kind of had this big event that was outside of really like that it was less about the running but actually just more about that night the people that in the community you know love running and love uh you know kind of what we're doing with our store and what the message we're trying to um you know cultivate so mm-hmm. so it really became like a you know like uh so we said why don't we come up with this thing and i and, and i we we ended up going with the name go live um and the reasoning for that was that we're going to encourage people to go live on their social media through the first five minutes of the event. So an event that has 150 people there, we're hoping that after they go for a group run, they come back, get their beers and pizza, that they can all go live on their social media. And maybe we could reach, I don't know, 40,000 people. You know, I mean, if we really actually, if everyone did it and everyone tuned in, obviously that's probably like a big mm-hmm. dream. But either way, Maybe we can meet, reach a lot more people, you know, through going live on our social medias and just telling, you know, like everybody going live on their individual social media. So it could be kind of kind of a cool event. I don't know. I'm sure it's been done before, but maybe not. It's, you know, <laughs> give it a try. Yeah. Right? So I think it could be kind of cool. And the big thing with me is that, um, you know, I guess it's like I feel like, you know, like in, in general, like, um, you know, like we we – we don't do sometimes a good enough job of celebrating some of the running we have in the community, you know? So like, I want to figure out a way just to celebrate like, like the, the things that happen, you know, every year. And I think some groups do it like, you know, in little ways, but so maybe as like a stepping off point, we make this event and maybe it becomes a yearly thing that we, you know, maybe it morphs into something, something a little different, or maybe it's more of a, you know, always like a year in review, but 
not just a year of like what Rochester Running Company did. That's not the purpose of like what I want this to be. Um, while it will be like a little bit of like kind of a promotion of what we're doing in the, you know in the new year, but if we ever do more of like a year review or maybe we bring in a speaker or something like that, you know, I think I think there's a lot of possibilities with it. So to have like a year end kind of like wrap up is something that I've been thinking about for a while. So this kind of like came and I think it could be really like kind of, it can be impactful, I think in the future, you know, this Mm -hmm. year I think it's going to be really cool because it's going to be announcing a lot of like fun stuff for next year and a lot of things that people can get really like stoked about. But, um, you know, I think it has a lot of potential to like really grow. Mm -hmm. So that's what's exciting. Yeah. And it's a unique little thing and you get to hang out at three heads, which is a cool little bar. Yeah. Going to have the group run as, as every running event should have is, you know. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> and it's about like, I mean, so me is like go live or go live. So like, that's mm-hmm. my, you know, like my thought for next year is like go live in 2020. So like as much as like you're going to go live on your social media and you're going to live vicariously through people or, or share your experiences with people through social media, you know, it's like, let's just go live like next mm-hmm. year. Like let's, let's get out of like this world, especially for our company of like comparisons to like, you know, to anything or, you know, like what we are, or what we're not. And let's just go live and like, let's have like a really cool experiences next year, you know, because like, I guess for me, it's like when we formed, we formed, as I said, like not comparing ourselves to anybody else, just doing our own thing, you know? And then for a while, sometimes it was like, everyone was trying to compare us to, to, you know, other stores or other groups or other group runs or things like that. And then the last couple of years, I feel like we've done a good job of just saying like, really, who cares? Like, let's just do our own thing and let's do what's right. Mm -hmm. And then we'll keep on moving forward, you know? And if we don't and we end up, like, hitting a wall, then we hit a wall and we, you know, it is what it is, you know. But at least just keep being our own thing and then we at least can't regret it, you know, like that say we were focused on, you know, not being somebody else or being somebody else, you know, like let's just be what we are. So I think that's what our focus is. So, like, let's go live and be that, like, who you are next year. And I think when we come back for Go Live or whatever we call it next year, um, I think it could be pretty, you know, pretty cool to like share those stories and see like some of the same people that come back and like, mm-hmm. you know, and then, uh, and have had a similar shared experiences and things. So, yeah. See how it grows, see how it changes and, you know, next year, 2020. Yeah. Yeah. 2020. Wow. I know. It's already here. Yeah. yeah. All right, man. Got anything else? No, I mean. I don't know if that really went in the direction that we were supposed to, or there's, I don't know. I don't there's know. never a direction. <laughs> but no, I mean, I I, I, uh, I appreciate you having me on. I mean, as I said, I hope to one day you'll invite me back because you'll think I did something like pretty cool on like the uh, yeah. in the athletic arena, you know. Well, and I mean, if if other people return my calls, maybe you have less of a chance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, no. no, I mean, you know, I would have liked to get into. Uh, you know some golf talk, but I'll oh, have yeah. to start. I'll have to start another podcast for that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I think it's really cool. I think what's what is good for me is um, having some people hear the stories from the guest that you don't get time to hear, mm-hmm. right? And so it's not often that you're going to bring up that you used to be a banker and a golf pro when you're sitting at your running store. Sure. Now people get to know a little bit more about that, you know? And so that's really what the podcast is about. And I think that's sort of what the running community thing is about. You meet somebody on a run and then maybe you find out you're connected to them in other ways. Mm -hmm. And now all of a sudden you, maybe you're going out to dinner with them or maybe, you know, you're like talking about colleges with your kids, you know, who knows? Mm -hmm. But, running is often I find a place where we start, you know, we have running in common 
and then it grows from there. Yeah. No, I no I completely agree. And I think that's what I guess, you know, my, you know, my store, like the first, you know, motto, I guess we came up with, you know, obviously we, we came up with Rochester running company as the name of the store. Like, as I'm sure a lot of people would be like, Oh yeah, real creative. Like that's a, that's a cool name. You know, like, you know, how do you think of that? You know, like type thing like, yeah, it's not a great name, but I wanted to take the name of the city, you know, to, because I felt like, you know, I didn't want it to be Griff's like running warehouse, you know, like I didn't oh, think that's that was a terrible, <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't think that was like, you know, Oh my God, I'm so happy you didn't call it that. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I mean, it would have been a superstore rather than a warehouse, yeah, but you yeah, know, right. Griffy's um, Griffy's superstore. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I, you know, I, you know, obviously it's, it's, it's not original and there's plenty of like, you know, XYZ running companies, you know, but to me having people run with the name of Rochester on their back was like, was, is totally cool. You know, especially with me trying my mission of trying to like, let people know that Rochester is actually a pretty decent place to live. You know, it's, and it's not about necessarily like the fact that there's no sun more than like, it gets sun. Stop <laughs> perpetuating that myth. It gets sun. I saw a lot of sunglasses, which is crazy. But either way, all <laughs> I'm saying. it gets sun. I know. But uh, it's just the glare. It's the glare on the expressways, but either way. But no, but 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 that's why, I mean, like the other logo and why I was actually thinking about naming the store at one point, you know, was just, you know, ROC. So run our city mm-hmm. together, which is on the bottom broom of your hat. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's. You know, it really is about like, but what's important to that is like run our city is cool, but like, like that's, that's like run our city, but then together is like, what's actually ties it, you know, what the reason we exist, you know what I mean? Because yeah. you, anybody can just run our city and there's plenty of people that just, that do, you know, and run our city and never tell anybody about it and stuff too. Um, you know, but then I think there's a group of people and that's sometimes not always the same group of people. And sometimes it's, you need it at certain times of your life, but when you need to have some sort of togetherness, you know, and that's what I think we're there for, you know, mm-hmm. because I think there's lots of people that like, will just come to our group run and then maybe they won't come back for a couple of years because maybe they got what they needed at that time. But, mm-hmm. but it really is about, you know, as you said, like making those connections, um, you know, running the city together with somebody else. And, and how does that, um, you know, like transform your life and it might not transform your life in anything like any meaningful way. But I think for a lot of runners that, um, you know, it does, you know, it, it really, it, and it can. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, like there's more often than not, you'll, you know, you find what you're looking for, you know, uh, when you, you know, through, through those activities with people that also care about similar things that you do. So I get it. So, all right, man. Well, thanks for coming on. Yeah. Thanks for sitting down for more than an hour. <laughs> I can't believe you actually sat there. You're not pacing around the room. <laughs> You know, it's amazing. Yeah. Well, right. uh, no, I uh, I appreciate it. And I mean, um, anytime. Right. Just not tomorrow or the next day. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, man. No, I'd love to come back. But uh, no, thanks for all that you do as well. I'm not going to make any shameless plugs. But uh, I appreciate it. All right. Know. Thanks. Let's wrap this baby up. Sounds good. <laughs> all right. Well, there you go. An, an hour with... Jonathan Griffiths, the busiest busiest man in all of Rochester. He's closing deals, putting out fires, saving babies, fitting shoes, uh, timing races, buying beers, marrying girls. He's doing all the things. So uh, I'm pretty, pretty happy he sat down with us for a bit. Uh, I threw some links into the show notes. You can... Uh, you can find 
um, those at runninginsideoutpodcast.com slash 091. You can also find links to the Strava Run Group and the Patreon page. As I mentioned, thanks to the Patreon supporters. They are steadfast in their support, all 31 of them. So thank you very much. If you look forward to this podcast and it inspires, educates, or entertains you regularly, consider becoming a supporter. Again, you can find that in the show notes. I also want to thank Athletic Brewing Company this week. Uh, they paid the rent for this month, folks, so that's that's pretty nice of them. Uh, check them out. They are seriously good beers. Um, I will have them at some races. I will happily hand you one to try because really uh, tasting is believing. So give them a whirl. Uh, and keep in mind, the number one way you can support this show is to tell a friend and help them subscribe. Podcasts are weird and people need you to help them. So do that. One last thing, I'm always interested in your comments and feedback on the show. Please drop me a line at chris at runninginsideoutpodcast.com and let me know your thoughts. Thank you all for listening, subscribing, and telling your friends. Thanks for sharing your stories and getting out there to create more stories. Until next episode, be thankful for what you've been given, be proud of what you've achieved, and let go of what you've lost. See you out there.